Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 1 on who light was sent to and what Bible teaches us is associated with light and how condemnation is to reject the light that is given. Now, this message, as always, is available at friendshipwithgod.org for free listening and free download. Also at iTunes.com by searching for the Friendship with God podcast that's available also for free listening and, again, free download. Tom Cantor is the owner-operator of the original Creation Museum, the Creation and Earth History Museum that's open seven days a week here in Santee, California. So if you're in the Southern California area and like to come and visit the Creation and Earth History Museum, you can do so. We're open seven days a week, including on Sundays after services. And we have the largest Creation Bookstore Resource Center west of the Mississippi, and you can access all those materials online as well, too, by going to creationsd.org, Creation. SD.org, Creation SD for San Diego, CreationSD.org for more information on the Creation Earth History Museum that Tom Cantor owns and operates. Now, if you'd like to support this Bible teaching radio program, Friendship with God, you can support us by going to FriendshipWithGod.org and donating online. That's FriendshipWithGod.org. You help to continue this Bible teaching radio program with your support, FriendshipWithGod.org or 1-800-247-247. 3051. You can call us now or after the program. Again, that number is 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Your donation and support makes this radio program possible. 800-247-3051 or friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's Tom Cantor teaching us from Genesis chapter 1 on who the light was sent to what the Bible teaches us is associated with light, and how condemnation is to reject the light that's given. When the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, he came in like Noah's ark, Noah's great ark, with that open door. That door was never shut from wherever it was made. Sometime within 120 years, there was a door. But in essence, the door was open for like 120 years. And it was always an open door in Noah's Ark. And there were two things that the people never saw in Noah's day. You know what one of them was? They never saw rain. He's talking about rain and flood and dying and drowning. They never saw rain. They never saw these things to happen. They never saw that. You know the second thing they never saw? They never saw that door shut. They never saw that door shut. They always, they always saw the open door. They never saw the door shut. They never saw the judgment. That was always open, but the people would see both of them. They would see both of them. They, they did face the judgment of the flood, and they did see the door of the ark closed. But, they, but, but during the time, they said, this door's never shut. The store's always open. It'll be open when I'm when I get old. It'll be it'll always be there. After I have my fun with sin, the door will still be open. Then I can get saved in this ark here. When I'm too old to sin anymore, then I'll go into this this door. And there was a day when God did both. He shut the door of the ark and the judgment came, and the judgment could not be turned away and the door was not opened a second time. Think about that. Now, can you imagine the shock for the people when they came and they said, the door shut, but it was always open. But today it's shut. It's shut. They saw it that way. It was locked. And they saw themselves shut out. They saw themselves locked out. Hey, what's going on here? The door's never been shut before. It's never been. It's always been open. Just when I decide that now I want to go in the ark, it's too late. 
Maybe there's some mistake. There's no mistake because the door was not open for them anymore. They had the opportunity. That's why David, king of Israel, said in Psalm 95 and 7 and 8, today, right now, he says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't harden your heart. What's he saying there, David, king of Israel? He's saying, don't assume that that door is always going to be open. Don't assume that it's always going to be there because there's coming a day when it's going to be shut. Don't push God is what he's saying. Don't push him. Don't presume that, oh, God will just keep that door. Condemnation is measured by how much light is brought to a person and how much they decide to reject. That's condemnation. And a person's decision to reject the light is seen in how they say to sin, you know, I missed you, sin. Come on, let's go have a good time. I love you more than God. That's the condemnation, that choice. So now, turn to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2, please. Now, here in Isaiah 62, it describes hope in the midst of all this terrible description about us being darkness. It says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. The Lord Jesus Christ came into our personal darkness when we were in gross darkness. Remember the parallel in Genesis? Darkness was on the face of the earth, and God sent the light. Darkness was there, big darkness, but God sent the light. The Lord Jesus Christ came in one of the darkest times of history, historically speaking, and he came into the darkness of our lives also, in the darkest time of our lives. Our personal darkness. He came. Now that's what it means to be in, to be darkness and the light to come in. Now, what does it mean to be in darkness? We talked about being darkness. How about in darkness? Well, look at Psalm 82, verse 4. Psalm 82, verse 4 and 5. Here it says, Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the land of the, wick- the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out, of course. They know not. Are you, are you, are you, go, where are you going in life? Where is your, where, are you going to heaven after you die? Well, I don't know. I hope so. I hope I go to heaven. Well, as, as a matter of fact, I don't think anybody can know if they're going to heaven. <laughs> I always love that one, you know. Because I don't know, therefore you don't know. Nobody knows, because I don't know. <laughs> they know not. That's the description of a person who is in darkness, like my friend Ishiahu. I don't know if there's really a God or if there's a heaven. They know not. That's the description. They know not. Uh, or, or my other Jewish friend who, who says to me, uh, when I talk about the Lord Jesus Christ being the Lamb of God, she, she says, well, it makes sense, but I can't because I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised that way. That means I will not understand. See? It says, neither will they understand. Will they understand? They will not understand. See? They, and then the third thing in the description here is, they walk on in darkness. So at the end of everything they've said, they just continue on. That means that having pushed off the Word of God, having endured all, this, all these overtures of this Christian, that they say, good riddance, and they go on in darkness. So that's a description there of being in darkness. 
He says, and so now turn to John 12, 35. 12, 35. More that we learn about being in darkness. John 12, 35. Okay? Here it says, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Light sent to the darkness, right? Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness, darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Knoweth not whither he goeth. A friend of mine told me recently, you only get one ticket through life, live it as best you can. When it's over, hope for the best. Hope for the best? <laughs> knoweth not whither he goeth. Hope for the best. Knoweth not whither he goeth. That's exactly the opposite of the confidence that, that David said. I'm sorry to have you turn so much, but you don't mind. Anyway, turn to, to Psalm 73. Well, if you do mind, you don't have to turn. You can do that too. Anyway, Psalm 73. Let's look at that in, in, in contrast to what my friend said. Psalm 73, verse 23. You got it? Okay. 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. What a wonderful description for the future. Oh, that it should always be like that for us. Three things in life. Number one, to be continually with God. A never-ending presence of God. Number two, to have God hold our hands through life. Holding me by my right hand. Number three, to be guided with God's counsel. To be guided with God's counsel. And after it's all over, to be received up to glory. Afterwards, to be received up to glory. That's great. You think David's talking about, I hope so? I don't know. Maybe so. I don't know. You think he's talking about getting a ticket to life and enjoying yourself the most you can, and then afterward you hope you go to heaven? No, I don't think so. He's not talking about hoping. He's talking about knowing. And there's a difference. Great, great. But we have a great hope. We have a great hope. Because, and, and again, sorry, turn back to John 1. I don't know why I apologize. I shouldn't apologize. No, no apologies for turning to the Bible. <laughs> John 1, 5. The light shineth in darkness. That's Genesis. The light shineth in darkness. That's what light does. It shines the best, the brightest, in darkness. Have you ever noticed that? If you turn the lights off now, you'll see it. Anyway, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. A lot of people criticize that word, comprehendeth. Comprehendeth, oh, it's a bad word, bad translation. I don't think so. I, I love that word, comprehendeth. You know why? Because when you comprehend something, you get your arms around it. All right, you, you, it's like this. So can you picture, here's the light, and darkness tries to comprehend it, put it out, but it can't, and it doesn't. The darkness, the darkness comprehendeth it not. Light was specifically sent by God into the darkness. It's a great phrase. Now, what it speaks about, and you can write this down because of time, but anyway, in Psalm 22, the great chapter that speaks about the, the crucifixion, of the Lord. And again, he's the light of the world. There are two verses in Psalm 22. One is in verse 12, and it said, many bulls compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan beset me around. Okay? And then in Psalm 22:16, for dogs have compassed me, it says. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. 
they pierced my hands and my feet. So there we see darkness trying to comprehend, extinguish, surround, enclose, compass the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. But what happened? The light won. The light won. <laughs> They're the great contest, right? The rulers of the darkness of this world. They're called uh, the demons and the devil in, in uh, Ephesians 6.12. The rulers of the darkness of this world. They tried to extinguish and they didn't. So there's our hope. Because in Genesis 1, God sent the light. I mean, wouldn't it be something if it says that in Genesis, Genesis 1, and God said, there, let there be light, and there was light, and the darkness extinguished the light. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Thank God it doesn't read that way. Thank God that the darkness lost and the light won. Thank God for that. There's hope for us, the parallel. There's hope for us because Isaiah 9-2 says, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. God sent the light into the darkness. So often I'm asked, is everybody at Scanabodies a Christian? I just asked that just on Friday. And I said, well, no, oh, no. Well, I said, I don't know, maybe it was 10%. I said, why? Why do you have so many you know, lost people at Scanabodies who aren't Christians? And I said, well, because God sends the light into the darkness. There's got to be a place where lost people can come to work and find God. There's got to be a place. All right, now, who does he send the light to? Turn to Psalm 107, verse 9. Psalm 107, verse 9. Here are the people that he sends the light to. Notice their description. He satisfieth the long soul. He filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. So who did he send the light to? The longing soul, the hungry soul. You may be speaking to somebody who looks like he's so self-sufficient, he's got more money than Jack LaLanne. I mean, uh, well, he has money too, Bill Gates. And he's healthier than Jack LaLanne, okay? <laughs> And you have no, and he, he may just, oh, that's a very nice religion. Well, if it makes you happy, I'm so glad for you. Anyway, and you have no idea of that inside that person is a longing soul and a hungry soul. You don't know. You don't know. Because man has a tremendous capacity for God. We have a tremendous capacity for God. You know what that also means? We have a tremendous emptiness without God. We have a tremendous void without God. So how a person responds to God and to the gospel to you is no indication of what will happen, right? Who's the best example of that? Paul. Saul. Right? Even after he was saved, the, the, the disciple says, Oh God, you don't understand. This man, let me give you a little history about this man. <laughs> and God had to say, Go your way. He's a vessel chosen for me. So thank God he has a purpose for man not to walk in darkness. He doesn't want people in darkness. You know, in John 8 12, it says clearly, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. He doesn't want us, anybody, to walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What's the light of life? The light of life is, I have some dark situations in my life, 
You have some dark situations in your life, and God will come with a specific light for those situations. Specific lights, he says, he says they should have the light of life. Now, that's specific light for specific situations. In that same book, he starts off and says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's an overall light that we get. The Lord Jesus Christ, we know, is the light. He's the light. He said, I'm the light of the world. As I just mentioned, he was the life, the light that, that, that shineth in darkness. It was the light that lights every man that comes into the world. He is the light of men. Okay? And we are, in our B.C. days, in, in darkness and darkness itself. But God says, I want to change. I want to change in man. I want to change in you. I want you to be converted from being in darkness and being darkness to being light and in light. Light and in light. You see? Darkness and in darkness. Light and in light. All right? So now turn to Matthew 5, verse 14. Here he says, remember in Ephesians, say, you were darkness. Okay? And now in Matthew 5, 14, he says, you are light. You are the light. You are the light of the world. You're not just in the light, but you are the light. Right? Just like you weren't just uh, in the darkness, you were spreading darkness. Now you're not just in the light, but you are spreading light. A city that's hid on a hill can't be hid, so don't hide. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. See your good works, glorify your Father who's in heaven. You see, someone turned us, each one of us, from light to darkness. Maybe you were young and it was your parent who turned you from, sorry, from darkness to light. Someone turned each one of us from darkness to light. Someone did that. And that's our calling. That's our calling to turn precious souls from darkness to light. Okay? Turn to, 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 to um, Acts 26. Turn to Acts 26. This is the purpose and the calling that God made so clear and he spoke it to Paul. And he says, He's telling King Agrippa this. So marvelous how Paul speaks to everybody he sees. Kings, Christians, everybody. He says here, in, in, he's explaining to King Agrippa, he says, he, says, uh, he says, God has given me this role to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. See, isn't that a marvelous role? See, when we come to the lost, we come and bring them the Lord Jesus Christ. We bring them the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bring them the person of the Lord Jesus Christ from the spirit of Christ that is in us. And that is bringing them light. For what purpose? To open their eyes. To open their eyes. To take them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God. That's a calling for us. So when it says, as we started off this morning by saying, you're a chosen generation. For what? You're a chosen generation to open eyes. You're a chosen generation to take from darkness to light. So you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood to pray to God 
for eyes to be opened. Pray to God for the conversion or transfer from darkness to light. A holy nation. You're not, you're not sinning and continuing in sin. You're staying holy to the Lord. A, a, a very unusual people. So my friend Ishiahu said about me last week. He said, I'll say one thing. He says, you sure have conviction. He says, you know, <laughs> you know it's better than having a conviction of being in prison. But that makes a peculiar people. Peculiar people. That's good. God says, don't be like the world. Be a peculiar people among peculiar people. That's what he's saying to us. That's our calling. So that we can show forth the praises of him. Who? Him. The rescuer. The praises of God the rescuer. The praises of God the light sender into darkness. The praiser of God the savior from sin and from death and from hell. So that's our calling Our calling is to bring others out of darkness. We're not called to walk in darkness. In 1 John 1, it's 5 and 7, it says, This is the message we have heard of him, declare it to you. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. We have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We are not called to walk in darkness. We're called to walk in light. Walk in light. And to be separate from the darkness. And we've seen that. God separated the darkness from the light. Specifically, it says in Genesis 1, that's the parallel, parable, parallel to God saying, I want to separate the darkness and the light in you. Because he says in 2 Corinthians, 4, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 17, it says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship is righteous with, with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness. No, 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 no communion. None at all. So God says, wherefore, in verse 17, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and don't touch the unclean thing. And I will receive you. Well, that's something worth having. He separated it. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Those are all verses about separation. Blessed is the man who separates himself from walking in the counsel of the ungodly, who separates himself from standing in the way of sin, who separates himself from sitting in the seat of the scornful. See what I mean? It's all separation, 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 just like he spoke about in Genesis uh, 1, where he separated the light from the darkness. But blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. See, he separated himself to the light from the darkness. So when God says, let there be light, then that means that, so this, this man, the Isha, who said to me, you know, I, I told him, so this is your personal darkness. And then I said, because you need the personal, individual command of God, Ishiahu, let there be light. And that's what happened to each one of us. Individually, when we turned to God, God said he commanded the light in each one of us. And that's what God wants to do. And that should be our prayer. The same God, the very same God, who made water come out of a rock. And you think that's likely? You have have many billions of years before that'll happen. Who made bread come down from heaven every day. For 40 years, who made stones rain down from the sky to kill, kill his enemies. That same God 
with all those unlikely things, is able and willing and wanting to say to each individual sinner who will turn to him, let there be light. And he'll do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God that you are. Help us to get in line with who you are. Help us to be in line with your program of seeking, coming to seek and to save that which is lost. Help us, Lord, to have confidence in the fact that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Help us to be light and help us to be spreaders of that light today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. As we've mentioned before this past week, Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program is sending out missionaries, Bible college students with the gospel to Jewish cities around our nation like Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Maryland, and Brooklyn, New York, where there's heavy Jewish populated cities. And we go there telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ, their Messiah, giving them prophecy and fulfillments, answering their frequently asked questions, and helping them come to a saving knowledge of their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you'd like to return a lost brother and sister, a Jewish person, someone who's still the apple of his eye from Jacob and lost Israel, can you help by supporting Jewish evangelism and the gospel going out through this radio program and our missionaries that are carrying the gospel this summer to the Jewish people? To donate, you can go online to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod. Dot org, or you can call us directly at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Support the Friendship with God radio program and Jewish evangelism. 800-247-3051.